Welcome to episode 12 of The Inside Joe. Today we talk to producer Dre about his rap game and talk some hip-hop. And plus, we finally get to listen to some of his rhymes. But first, we start the show by reliving the Cubs winning it all with Gabe. And we get some breaking facts news throughout the show. So let's get it started. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! 8-7-10! and 10. Before we start, I want to give out some stats about what happened. Um, so basically, it was a Game 7 against the Cleveland Indians, and... It was at Cleveland, and a, a fun stat here is nine of the last ten teams uh, to host Game 7 of the World Series have won it all. Holy shit. So basically, if, if you are going to be at home for Game 7, you're going to win it. And this time, not only have we not won since 1908, but we actually won that as well. So that, that's, that's incredible. Um, fast forward to the actual game. Um, game 7 is what I'm talking about. Um, so we're, we're, we're against Cleveland. Uh, we started out actually down 3-1. Okay, so it goes back and forth. We finally won one game in Wrigley Field. So that was nice. At least we won one at home. Um, but it didn't look so good. Um, so we go back to Cleveland, and we have to play these games, win, win it out, all out pretty much. Um, it doesn't look so good for us. Um, and then we get to game seven. So we have momentum on our side. Um, and we the first at-bat basically is a home run. It's a second, well, it was a second bat. It was a home run. I believe by Fowler. Mm-hmm. This series was the perfect series for someone to fall in love with baseball. Gateway mm-hmm. drug for baseball. It literally mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Because like uh, I mean, I agree. it was it was you know strategizing. It was, it, it's basically like chess. You know, no one sits around watching someone two people play chess. Yeah. You know, but if there's stakes, you know, high stakes on the line, you're invested in. Then it. you yeah. may you may sit, stick around and see someone play chess. Baseball is a chess game. Um, you know, you, you know you have your power pitchers, you have your power hitters, you have to set up a lineup a certain way, you have to set up, uh, you know, the pitchers a certain way to come in in certain innings, you know, your starters, your closers, like all that. So it literally is a chess match. And I've heard so many people yeah. say, you know, I fell in love with baseball in this series yeah. and because they got to see the best of the best play a chess match. A funny thing here, um, and now I can fully appreciate, I remember when you watch movies or anything like that, or you hear people talk in business or anything like that, they'd be like, oh, the Cubs playing tonight? Like, oh, yeah, like, who's pitching? In my head, I'm like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Who cares who's pitching? Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say this series really let me know why pitching matters and who's pitching tonight matters. That's that, so true. And I think that kind of blew my mind of like, I mean, what made me kind of hate baseball was uh, actually Boston um, when uh, Manny uh, Ramirez, uh, he, he actually had those, like, cool sunglasses that actually played, like, an iPod, like you listen to music to. And he was playing that in the outfield. And I remember watching that in SportsCenter and be like, what kind of shitty sport is there where you're a professional, you're, like, one of the best in your league, and you're just chilling out in the outfield listening to music? Like, that should not happen in real sports. Um, but so like, you know, that, and that was just one case, you know, that was my bias back then. Yeah. Um, but that made me, I I would just put it out there though, that that's what made me a hater of the game. I'm like, there's no way that's a sport if you could just chill. Um, but I, 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 I became a fan through the series. I, I, from now on will follow. And and, and could I, could I add like, yeah, truth be told, other than like football, I would say that 
pretty much every sport you could hate on the regular season to some degree. Yeah. You know, like because it's so long. Yeah, like 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 basketball. Like I love you know we love basketball, but there's people don't care. Like eighty two games. games. Yeah, like people they take the, they take take nights off. Baseball, I'm sure during the the course of the season they take nights off. So. Yeah. I mean, it's more like a looking back thing, right? Like, in the moment, it's like, oh, God, I hate it. But, you know, like... I mean, there too, like, uh, going back to the fandom of it, um, I can honestly admit, I don't watch every single regular season game. Because a baseball yeah. a baseball game lasts three to four hours at some point. How many games Second. do they play that's a season? season? They'll, they'll play it back to back. Over 100, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so... That's an investment, and you know, kudos to those because I do have a couple friends that are those hardcore. So they'll have a game, you know, four, <laughs> three, three, four nights a week. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So dedication. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's cool too. Like you know, and there are those fans out there, which I those fans like they're the well deserved ones. I can honestly say, you know, they deserved it better than I have. It's but, like that movie but Fever I've Pitch. Been, yeah, yeah. But I've been waiting it, waiting for it myself as well, because you know, the history is the history. When you start being a fan. That's when you start being a fan. And, like, the thing is, like, uh, when we went to the rally, I heard so many backhanded, like, compliments. Like, there were so many sour people in Chicago when we just won the World Series. Like, there right. was a lot of people, like, on the train talking about, like, oh, bandwagon fans, bag minor fans. Can I, can I say something to that point, though? I think Jeff and I, uh, speaking for both of us here, we're really conscious of not being a bandwagon fan because uh, we're big, diehard Bulls fans um, and Bears fans. And, like... When you see someone get in a bandwagon, like, I think what makes a great fan in general is, like, you go through the heart. You earn it. Like, mm-hmm. you, you go... That's why um, the Blackhawks are cool. I love their logo. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. But I, I can't call myself a fan just because we won so many times right now. Mm-hmm. I, I would tell people, I'm going to wait till we were really bad. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll join. Because then that's I could start my real <laughs> fandom. Okay. Now, the only thing that I would say, this Cubs thing has really shifted my gears totally. Because... I couldn't help but to become a fan. A tr- like, I'm just starting because right. I couldn't help it. I tried to fight it, but, like, there, it was just so amazing, yeah. this, this run. Can I say yeah. something, though? Because it's funny because I fought with Brianna about this because she's a Cubs fan. And that's, uh, your, that's your girlfriend, Yeah, that's right? my girlfriend, yeah. yeah. I'm not a real Cubs fan, so I, I didn't. she wanted to give me a shirt, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to wear that shirt, you know, when we're going to the rally or the parade. My thing is, like, there's a difference between, like, all right, I live in Chicago. I'm going to root for a Chicago team. If my team's not in it, I'm still going to root for Chicago, and you can celebrate that win with them, but I'm not going to pose and act like I was there from the beginning because mm-hmm. that's just not me, and that's not fair, right? Yeah. So I made a conscious effort to like not wear any Cubs gear. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't own any Cubs gear besides what she had. She was like, all right, put on this blue sweater then. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Let me... Let me at least blend in a little compromise. bit, right? Compromise. <laughs> you look like you know? Mr. Rogers over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. But it, and I saw something on the news where the, this news person they were interviewing these two girls and they called them out and they were like, "Hey, so are you guys true blue fans or are you just bandwagon fans?" And they're like, "You know, we'll love you either way." And they were like, "Well, everybody in Chicago is a fan today." So they took like the easy answer out, oh, yeah, and I was right. like, "Oh, they're definitely bandwagon fans." Yeah, so they're probably sad. It's, it, it's kind of funny. It's a but, tough. It's a tough thing. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, really, really. Five million estimated people. Like, there's no, you know, there's no way there's the no, Cubs no. had five yeah. million fans since nineteen, you know, nineteen oh eight or nineteen forty five since the last time they made it. But the thing is, I guess the thing is about fandom. Mm-hmm. What I want to speak on here is, okay, in nineteen, you know, ninety seven, ninety eight, whenever that home run race was with Sosa McGuire, mm-hmm. you know, that's what caught my eye. As I was tw- ten years old. 
that's what I caught caught my eye, and I was like, okay, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And then that, you know, I started following the team. So I may have been a bandwagon fan at 10 years old, mm-hmm. but as long as you stick with the team, yeah. you're not a bandwagon fan. Like you just honestly admitted, you never paid attention to baseball. Yeah. You don't like baseball, but this emotional, you know, you you were born and raised in Chicago, but this emotional event has captured something in you. So as long as you ride with the Cubs until yeah. now, yeah. fuck whoever calls you a bad manga fan. Because I could have been considered that shit when I was 10 years old. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. I think um, I think something that I'll say here is like, I think I'm, I, if someone called me a bandwagon fan, I would say fair <laughs> at this point too. But I feel like what makes me a fan is that I'm okay with it. I'm willing to be a bandwagon fan because I was so captivated by this team. Mm-hmm. This team was remarkable. Like I've never, I'm a huge basketball and bull, uh, a Bulls and Bears fan, mm-hmm. and this is the team that this is the best. The Game Seven of the World Series was the best game I've ever seen in any sport. Amazing. And it was, and it was Jeff and I were we're all watching it all together, us four mm-hmm. and other people. But I was, I looked at Jeff and we we both were laughing because we're like, the irony. We mm-hmm. both hated the sport, but this is probably the best <laughs> game we've seen in any sport we've ever seen, Great, and yeah. most captivated we've ever been. And we and, th- and that says a lot. We've been through the Jordan era, you know, with Scotty and the seventy-two game win, and and that's like our favorite sport. Mm-hmm. And this was the game seven with the Cubs baseball that we hated, and we're like, it was all. We interrupt this program with breaking facts news. Studies now show that if you wash the dishes, your stomach gets wet, you will marry someone who is a drunk or drinks heavily. So make sure you wear an apron when washing dishes. This has been a Fax News Alert. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. The whole reason we're invested in sports, whether you played it or you didn't, if you played it, you have a certain amount of connection to it. Because you know how a win feels like. As a kid, in sports, you know you feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And as a loss, in sports, you know you feel down, you yeah. know? And the thing is, like, that point exactly, you've been through the Jordan era, you felt the happy times, that's when you were invested. Yeah. When you were happy, they brought that emotion to you. Like, that's how a fan becomes a fan, yeah. is emotion, you know? And that's what makes you ride with that particular team. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the Jordan era again, like, that that made an emotion in you to where you stuck with it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, sports in general, it, it, like it's a roller coaster, you know. And that's when you pick your team and you ride with them. Can I, can I uh, kind of close the at least the bandwagon uh, conversation with, and, and and only if you agree with me. Yeah. From what I'm getting from all this, and I kind of this is how I feel um, is you're only a bandwagon fan is if you ever get off the wagon. So like yeah. if you're you could start any point you want. But you're stuck with them. Like you, you're not. If you leave that team that you just joined ever in your fandom, then that made you a bandwagon fan. Yeah. But if you started, you're basically your 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 launching point. Yeah. Basically, your launching point it doesn't really matter when that is. It's mm-hmm. as long as you stay stick with it through the the thick end thing. Yeah. I think that's very fair. I want to kind of just finish this up, uh, saying that it was such a special moment, um, and I want to end with this last thing because you actually went to the parade. And uh, before we get to the parade and everything like that, uh, we've talked about it briefly, but um, estimated 5 million people were at the parade slash rally. Um, it's the base, It's the seventh most uh, l- largest gathering of humans in history ever. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest uh, 
gathering of humans, is how they put it, mm-hmm. in the United States ever. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, it was the most ever that That's people insane. come together. And that was for the Cubs to beat the 1908 mm-hmm. drought. So you went, to, you went there. I... I you know, you texted us. I was like, I'm not going. In my head, I'm like, I'm not there yet <laughs> as yeah. a fan. Yeah. I love them, but I'm not there yet. I don't feel like I deserve to go there. Now, you went. Tell us how that was to see all those people out there. I mean, it, it was crazy. So what happened was I had left my house about 9 o'clock yeah. and started walking towards Wrigley Field. I told you I lived two blocks from Wrigley Field. The first block was already fans, like galore. Yeah. I was like, there's no way I'll be able to see the parade. So I was like, screw it, I'm gonna head downtown, try to catch the parade at the, you know, at the end of it. And um, just the trains, is like, it was something you, you would never even dream to experience. Like everyone was in Cubs gear. Anyway, so we got downtown, uh, we were at the corner of Wacker and Michigan, which is like right downtown. It's like in front of Trump Tower, Boo Trump Tower. But anyways, it's right in front of that tower. And, like, it's a huge street, and, like, there's just fans galore. And, like, we were just waiting, you know, because we beat the parade, obviously. Yeah. You know? And then, like, people are just cheering. Like, everybody's singing. Go Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what go, do you say? Cubs, go. Yeah, just yeah. going crazy. Before the parade even gets there, like, for a marathon of it. And it's just, like, energy in the city. Yeah. It was like no one went to work. And then trying to get to Grant Park after the parade was almost impossible. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get to that rally. Yeah. And I'm just fighting. Like, it's a sea of people. And it was it was the most amazing experience. Because, like, like I said, people were just all there for the same reason. Like, because I saw a lot of crying. Like, a lot of crying. So I talked to a few people. And I was like, like, why are you crying? I was kind of drunk, too. So that opens. Why, why are you crying, no, girl? No, no. But it Stop opened, crying. You know, Stop crying. <laughs> Smile. But <laughs> you know me. You know me. <laughs> Anyway, you know me. I talk to people. But there was a lot of people that said, you know, I wish my grandma was here. I wish my grandpa was here. And that was the most touching thing to me. Because, yeah, I've been a Cubs fan just because of Sosa. But hearing, like, those people's stories, Mm -hmm. that made me even more of a Cubs fan. We interrupt this program with breaking facts news. Scientists from the University of Scarecrow are now saying, don't step over a child who is lying down, or she or he will stop growing. This is a contradiction to what was previously thought to help aid the growth of a child. This has been a Facts News Alert. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. First time I met Andre, um, I didn't see him as producer Dre. Obviously, he was a a rapper as well. Uh, So I want to kind of always want to dive into... Um, what made him a rapper and, and kind of the, the new songs that he's making now too. And this seems like the best time to do it. So first of all, um, I just want to know, where did this passion come from for as far mm-hmm. as music? Well, it, it started back in the day. So obviously, actually, I've always loved music and every single form of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about rap really captured me because it was, it was very lyrical. It was very wordy. It was very rhythmic. And I, I love the, the rhythm of it. Yeah. And I love how you could say whatever you wanted. So that really drew me to that, uh, drew me to that craft. And um, so I actually started out writing poems. And How um, old were you around this time? Um, man, I was like young. A kid? 
Yeah, much. I was All a right. kid. Yeah, I was like eight. Or I was pretty like young. Second yeah. grade? No, is that how young? You I think eight, I think eight is second grade. Yeah, right. yeah, probably. I don't know, but um, <laughs> it it started out as a, as a way for me to express myself. Yeah. I mean, some people have diaries. Some people have other forms of uh, you know, where they relieve their frustration or get whatever they out. But it, it was a way for me to make sense of whatever I was feeling or make sense of the world or what was going on or what, whatever I was dealing with at the time, I could just make sense of it and put it into rhymes. Um, but then another part also drew me to it, which was just, it was just dope. It was just cool to me. Like, yeah. come on, like if you heard somebody spit some shit and rhythmically and they said something dope and, yeah. and the metaphor they used sounded cool, you were like, oh, that's, that's just awesome. I do like hip hop music. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I like certain songs, but I'm not. I don't never call myself a hip hop. Like the fan. more uppity ones, though, right? I like things that make me feel like <laughs> I could do. You know, have a good time. I, okay. I would say that. that or, sense, or if they have lyrics that really hit me, you know. Yeah. But there's a spectrum that doesn't hit all the time. Um, but something that I want to know with our relationship, we're really close. Mm-hmm. Um, what I know about you and what you you told us recently too, even yeah. you know, you were kind of an introvert. So did that yeah. have anything to do with why you kind of saw rap as a outlet? Yeah, actually, I, I do. Because um, actually, a, as an introvert, I had a lot of things. I was very quiet as a kid. I didn't really say much. I was more like the observant type that would kind of sit back in the cut and just watch everybody a lot of times. So it was my way of expressing. But not only that is I feel like rap gives you the ability to be whoever the fuck you want to be. Like, it, you can be whoever you want to be. So if I was shy and timid as a yeah. kid, in my raps, I could be vicious and I could be crazy and I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want. I could be a superhero if I wanted. And I would just can, put can that I, out there. Can I go further into that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Who, who does Andre want to be? <laughs> it's true, though. Like, um, yeah. Psychologist Joe. Yeah, yeah. So for those uh, here, another one, I'd... Uh, another voicer, Jeff, is also yeah. in here. Uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not too big on the hip hop game. I, I do like some music, but I'm never gonna pretend yeah. I'm someone I'm not. But Jeff yeah. actually does have a very similar musical interest as, as Andre, <laughs> so he's on board here too as well. So you'll hear his voice. Right. But uh, but kind of going back though, who did you want to be that made you want to rap? Obviously, other than the fact that you didn't want to be timid, we get that. But what else? Yeah. Just more an assertive or powerful person, if you must. So, I mean, obviously, I grew up listening to a lot of songs where rap was violent and stuff like that. So I used to kind of emulate that a little bit in my raps and kind of uh, my way of getting my aggression out. You know what I mean? If I wanted yeah. to slap somebody or whatever, <laughs> I would just put, I would put it in a rap. You know what I mean? What's going with that, um, though? Who were your inspirations? Then? Um, all right. So definitely Eminem was a huge inspiration. The reason why is because, and I know a lot of parents were freaked out about Eminem, right? But Eminem said whatever the hell he wanted, right? And a lot of people thought he was crazy, but the reason why I thought it was so, I don't know, magical for lack of a better word, is because I saw what he was doing. Like, he was basically doing the same shit that I was doing, right? What is that? He was letting out his frustration and whatever he wanted. People took him too literally. That's the problem with Eminem when he was coming out. It's not like he was literally going to go out there and kill people and whatever. Well, especially with his mom and everything. Yeah, you know what I mean? So he he was just letting out and how vicious it came across. He just let loose and did whatever the hell he wanted to do. So would you say it was more like an art piece? Like his emotions? That's how I looked at it, right? But not everyone looked at it the same way. Um, Then I would also say DMX was a huge influence. Yeah. The reason why DMX was influenced is because I grew up in the church also. So for DMX to be spitting about... 
um, you know, demons. And let me just say one of his verses. Uh, I sold my soul to the devil and the price was cheap. And you're always cold on this level because it's twice as deep. But you don't hear me. Ignorance is bliss and so on. Sometimes it's better to be thought dumb. Shall I go on? So shit like that used to get me, man. What does that like, mean to you, though? I mean... For people that could not catch so, up with that rap. All right, so, <laughs> so it, it's that struggle with your internal demons, right? Yeah. And DMX always was doing that. He was struggling with his internal demons. Demons. It's kind of a... Uh, Three parts. Yeah. We interrupt this program with breaking facts news. Don't sit on pillows. It'll give you hemorrhoids. This has been a facts news alert. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. So it's the it's the devil and the angel, and that's that's what got me about DMX. Is he yeah. always played into that? Possibly. So so with DMX, what I would add in is that like, I mean it it it, it sucks to see it, but like like he's he's pretty mm-hmm. fucked up nowadays. Yeah, he is. And it <laughs> it looks as if yeah. And the thing is like he was very transparent about it. Like that like the whole you know like even the songs like back then it sounded like just like a song, but it. Wasn't a song. That's what made him such a great artist. Right. Like, he really did put it all out there. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, now I feel like he's a little bit too far gone. Yeah. Um, But that's what, like, he wasn't, like, the most lyrical artist. Mm -hmm. But he was a very authentic artist. So you Mm -hmm. vote the emotions that struggle inside. Exactly. You you felt what he was saying. So And there's a difference between those type of artists, right? So it's, like, the ones that... You can tell they're drawing from real pain, real experiences. Yeah. And he was on the street going through it. And, and I felt that. And I have to interject here because yeah. you brought that up, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a good artist is someone who's showing like what they're struggling with, what they're going through. Yeah. As an artist yourself, with that concept, yeah. what, what, what are you um, kind of trying to get out there? I, I definitely, when I was growing up, I definitely had a lot more in my raps of definitely the, the, the devil and the angel. Yeah. kind of thing going on because I always felt caught in between two worlds right my yeah, secular friends <laughs> yeah and then also the church so I felt like I was kind of living a double life at the at, eternal at struggle times. exactly yeah so I would put that a lot in there um these days I feel like uh, definitely a lot of life lessons that I've learned that I want to portray in my raps or just um social commentary or honestly if I just want to have fun with it and just like flex on the beat in rap, there's a lot of cockiness where you 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 know you act like you're the shit. So what do you see yourself as an artist more so though? You you kind of relate through different kind yeah. of areas of there. So do you feel like you're more of a what you're going through at the time, or like you're just beefing on whatever you got with the beat? I'm a little bit of everything, but if I had to put put myself in a category, I would say I'm definitely more of a conscious rapper. Yeah. You know. So more social. Yeah, definitely okay. more what's going on. Um, I feel like I, I want my art to stand for something. And the craziest thing about that is it's it's never the most popular choice, right? Yeah. Like you have an artist like Common out there who always puts that out there. And he's he's popular, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because he, he did his thing. But I mean, he's never going to be as big and up there as, let's Kanye. say, Jay-Z or Kanye, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And could I interject as a fan? Yeah. Like So I've always struggled with this because I'm an old fan, right? So... I still do appreciate the fucking, like, the braggadocio, like, just tell me tell me how many cars you got, you know? Yeah. But if you can ride the beat, if it's fun, I want to hear it. Like, it's fun. Yeah. You know? Like, like when I was growing up, I was bumping, like, DJ Quick, like, 
talking about pimp shit. You love DJ Quick. I love DJ Quick. Like, DJ Quick is a top three rapper for me, but so is Nas. Yeah. And, and, and not like Nas to me is like the ultimate voice, but right. not because he was like Malcolm X, yeah. but because he's fuck, he was so good. Yeah. yeah, and DJ Quick was a voice to me because he made sick beats and he just, he was so good. Like, there's not one right way. Like, not everyone can be conscious and not everyone's good at being conscious. That's the beauty of hip hop, though, is it is you depending on your mood and how you're feeling, there's something out there for you. Mm-hmm. So it's like hip hop doesn't have to be put in one box. It doesn't have to be just conscious. Like you can, you know, there's the there's the music that you put on when you're on the train and you're listening to that you just want to bump. That's not the same party you're going to I mean, not the same music you're going to party to. Absolutely. Not the same music you're going to want to listen to depending on how you're feeling. So there's something for everybody out there. Because right. there's a difference between, uh, in my opinion, a rapper spitting something that is just like the, the same old, same old. Right. You can say the same thing about cars and whatever, mm-hmm. but if you do it in a clever way, I agree. that's amazing. I and agree. I feel like, um, I forgot to mention, Wu-Tang, they did it in a very clever way. They were talking about all the rest of the shit that everyone else was talking about, but the way they did it was very poetic. We interrupt this program with breaking facts news. If you have problems sleeping, you're going to want to hear this new study from the College of Conservative Thought. They say that those who are unable to fall asleep have an 80% chance to wake up in someone else's dream. This has been a facts news alert. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, Give me one or two artists that you're listening to right now. Um, what are you listening to right now on your iPod, your phone, whatever? Gabe's got it. Because I already said uh, g Easy back in my, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Hall of Fame if he continues with his success. But you did still my artist, uh, J. Cole. So that's what you're listening to right now. You got J. Cole, you got g Easy. Love J. Cole, love g Easy. All right, cool. And Jeff, who do you got, who are you listening to right now? <laughs> I'm going to be honest, man. It, if you if you want who I'm listening to, it's, it's not rap right now. Like, no, go I, ahead. I anything, anything. Yeah, so so Kevin Ross is a new singer, and I like some of his music a lot. Yeah. He's an R and B singer, and and truth be told, that's who I who I get down. I'm a, I'm more of an R and B guy. Baby making. Um, but the, unfortunately, the other the other person is the the person who I mentioned earlier was was Saigon because props to Spotify it gave me one of my daily <laughs> mixes or whatever. Yeah, and it put off it put out one of his mixtapes that I had never heard before. Um, so if you need a song to hear, The Reason by Saigon and Static Selecta. <laughs> All right, Andre, who do you have? Flying Lotus and Mad Lib. I'm sorry. Cool. Period. Ghostface Killer. All right, I'm going to stop all of you <laughs> here. So basically, um, where I want to get at here, though, is um, everyone here is, is, wants to hear a little taste of what Andre's got here. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right. I'm out to make a killing on the streets of shy. Only spit it on some rich shit. If I didn't, I'd die. Never came to be the illest, but I tried a time. Got the heart of a line with the raws, the rhymes. I've been doing my thing. I've been down on my grind. Just so I could come up and show I do really shine. I free your mind and let your conscience go. I've been dealing with the stress, man. Pass the dro. I've been dealing with these assholes. Where's the hoes? And if you pass me the mic, I'ma pass some flows. I'ma rap till I ball. I'ma rap till I fall. I'ma rap till I can't spit a free no more. Hey, y'all fuckers up. Dre is sick as uh. Late night, still I'm up. Just thinking hard to 
to kill this cut. Slash rap, spilling guts, drink it hard, I fill my cup. Always got shit to spill, y'all niggas suck it up. What the fuck is up? Buck a buck, suck a nut. You can kiss my ass, man, motherfucker, pucker up. Yo, I rid of... <laughs> I ridicule these pitiful little fools with a little Drew the clinical general in it for anything edible My mental light is pinnacle develops in the tentacles To envelop your mental view like plenty full of Benadryl Ventricles are now being pumped full of venom Let it go, adrenaline is pumping through every letter and every flow I am not intimidated or outdated Why these figures try to play me and act like they just trying to save me God has gave me talent so I feel like shady Back when he was how like shady Rock about say about our baby daughter ladies Got it crazy for this kid Dre But they don't even know his name And if they do, they probably saying it in vain Problem is the same, why aren't they complain? But they never do nothing to stimulate your brain Lames yeah. All right, so that was Dre, our very own producer, Dre. Uh, he, he was giving us lyrics from Dre in the Middle. It was a mixtape track over New Javis, Horn in the Middle. And uh, it was really good, actually, man. So uh, I respect that a lot. That was really well done. Um, so can we expect more of that from your, your tracks that you're coming out with now? Is that, is that a new track? Uh, that's not a new track. That's actually an older one. But it, it was just it was just a favorite, so I figured I'd I'd throw that out there. No, I mean, I mean I, for yeah. what I could keep up with, I love the lyrics. Yeah. I couldn't hear all of it. It was just too fast. <laughs> it spit too fast there. But I, I really enjoyed it, man. Thank, um, you, thank you. I do have um yeah. two new tracks I just released though today. Actually today. Um so one of them is called uh, Power. So that's one track, and then the that's other cool. one I have is called um Hardcore. Yeah. If it was anything like what you just did right there, right now, live, I mean, that was pretty sweet, man. So we're uh, we're gonna end today's episode with a sample of one of Dre Rod's songs. So without further ado, here is Hardcore by Dre Rod. Yeah, I used to ride baggy jeans, hoodies down to my knees, a pair of Timberlands were riding at 16, in the middle of class was only about 16, the teacher told me to freeze and pay attention oh, cool. to him, I play like I'm writing notes, but these notes in my head, keep pegging me to write another poem full of lead, expressions from a conscious of awesome, where to begin, should I shock him or rock him or talk him into a bin, there's always gonna be right up, block us, knock us like suburban cops. Special thanks to Jeff, Gabe, and Dre for coming on the show. Uh, to listen to more to Dre Rod, a.k.a. Producer Dre, you can go to soundcloud.com backslash Dre underscore Rod. That's D-R-E underscore R-O-D. Also, if you like what you heard from the show, please just go ahead and subscribe to The Insight Joe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And please don't forget to check out our website at theinsightjoe.squarespace.com to support our movement. Or if you just want to see what we look like. And finally, have a great Thanksgiving. And as always, Gun Bay.